Good morning. It's good to see you. Thanks for uh, choosing to be at Northwest. Today we got a little bit uh, of a different Sunday, uh, but I hope that uh, those of you that have been around Northwest a while will be encouraged by the things that we uh, talk about today, and those of you that uh, maybe are new around here, uh, that maybe this will give you a little bit of a a vision for uh, what we believe God wants uh, to see happen at Northwest. Well, we say this all the time around here, and it's certainly true that God has one plan for his work to be done uh, on this earth, and that is the church. And many times in the New Testament, in fact, and those of you that are students of the word or you've been followers of Jesus for a while, you know this to be true. Many times in the New Testament, uh, Jesus refers to the church as his bride, The church is God's plan for reaching the world with the gospel, and then those of us that come to faith in Jesus, uh, the church is to develop us as fully devoted followers of Jesus. Here's the either good news or bad news, depending on how you look at it. There is no plan B. Uh, He doesn't have several plans, and we just choose which one we kind of fit best into. The only plan is the church. Uh, Those of us that sit here today, other churches, uh, Bible-believing churches who believe the gospel and live the gospel, teach the gospel in the triangle, in this country, and around the globe, we're the plan. And here's what's true. Unfortunately, many churches are not accomplishing that task that he left us here on this earth to do. Consider these facts. There are about 200 million unchurched people in America. That's pretty sobering when you think about that this morning. 200 million people this morning uh, won't find it something that uh, they see as a part of their life to attend a local church today. That makes us one of the four largest unchurched nations in the world. If that doesn't sober you, I don't, I don't know what will. As we send missionaries out all over the globe, the truth of the matter is that we are number four on the unchurched nations of the world. Did you realize that each year about 3,500 churches close their doors permanently? They decide that it's no longer worth it to keep the doors open either because of finances, because of attendance or both, or just because of a lack of influence. And today in America, there are approximately 350,000 churches, but those that do these statistics estimate that four out of five are either plateaued or they are dying. And that's the sad reality of what we refer to as the bride of Christ and its influence, its impact on our country. In Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18, Jesus said this, Jesus said, I will build my church And I love the second part of that verse. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Here's the good news for people that do what I do is we try to lead churches. That we're not tasked with building the church. That's not my responsibility. My responsibility, just like yours, is to be faithful to the gospel, to the mission of the gospel. That's why I've been left here on the planet, and that's why you have as well. Whether you are full-time occupationally involved in ministry, or you are just like me, just a follower of Jesus Christ that's been left here on the planet for global influence, for global impact, 
Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. You just do and be what I've called you to be. The church is indestructible and will last forever. God said it. He confirmed it. Nothing on this earth is more valuable to God than his church. He paid the highest price for it by sending his son Jesus to this earth to live and then to die. And he wants it protected and he wants it cherished. He wants us to accomplish the purpose for which he intended it to be established. Now we want to give you a little bit of an update uh, this morning and I'm going to take you on a little bit of a history lesson uh, as well. But I want to give you a little bit of update about our vision and who we are and what we're trying to accomplish with regards to facilities, with regards to not just the, the spiritual church, but the physical building in which the church meets in, that campus. Well, we've been a portable church since we launched at Panther Creek in 2007. And the school has been great to us, but here's the reality, that every single Sunday we're here, we're here for about four hours and we spend about $5,000 a month, a little over $60,000 a year for four hours a week. And if you start factoring that out about what kind of monthly rent that would be, if you were paying per hour, 24 hours a day, it would be astronomical. And this limits our opportunities that we might have those other 164 hours in the week. And the concern for our leadership team, if you've been around here, you've heard me talk about this, is how do we build a facility while maintaining the values that we hold to as a church? Because we believe very dogmatically that the church is not a building. And I think we've seen that to be true over the last nine years. And that a facility is never meant to be a monument or a memorial that is just there to see what a group of people have done. But a church facility exists, a campus exists, in order that it might have influence and impact as the people that are part of that church influence their community. And so several years ago, we began thinking about a permanent facility for Northwest, and we asked this simple question. What if our building was a place that we gathered for weekly worship and for activities as the body of Christ, while at the same time that our community as a whole would view as a place for help and for hope, a place that we designed and we built and we paid for, uh, but the purpose was to impact and influence not just Christ followers, but those in our community who had never even possibly darkened the doors of a local church. Imagine if our community knew our church campus as a place to go for help and for hope. And much like going to a hospital for physical care, we know where those locations are and we know that when we have a physical problem, we can either go there or we can dial 911 and somebody will take us there because we view that as a place to go when you're hurting physically, when something's wrong with your body. Just like we would go to Harris Teeter for what? Groceries. You might go to Vineyard Vines for clothing, or you might show up at this little Mexican restaurant down there in Cary Park because you want Mexican food, or you might show up at Dunkin' Donuts because you're looking for a donut, and you get the idea. And we want our campus to be a place that people think of as a place where they can find help and hope in their greatest times of need. If you need help for your marriage, that's the place to go for counseling. If you need help trying to figure out how to be a great parent, 
that's the place to go. There are classes that are available. There are counselors that are available. They're going to base their counsel on God's truth as revealed in Scripture. Are your finances a mess? There's a place called Financial Peace University, a a class that will help you get on the right track. Are you struggling with addictions? There are small groups that meet uh, during the week for that person. Are you recovering from the loss of a child or of a spouse? You're trying to figure out life after your marriage has been shattered and you find yourself single again. Then this is the place that you come for help and for hope in those crossroads of life. What if our campus was a place then that our community thought of at some of the biggest moments in their lives? We started asking that question for a young couple as they get married and they are as open as they will ever be to somebody speaking truth into their life. What if our campus was the place they thought of for that because they saw this little white chapel uh, sitting off into the trees with incredible landscape around it and they said, I want to get married there. And we said, we'd love for you to get married there and it's very low cost. There's one string attached and that is that we spend 8, 10, 12 weeks with you in premarital counseling as we direct you to what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus and have him as the foundation of your marriage. What if our campus was known as that place? Here's the sad reality that most people in our community don't see church as a viable place to go for help. In fact, surveys tell us that about 60% of the population wouldn't even consider visiting a church. By the way, I would submit to you that if they saw a church as is represented in the book of Acts, they would be tremendously excited about being part of that. Jerry and I are excited. In October, the middle of October, we're going to start a series in the book of Acts. And we're going to go through the book of Acts, chapter by chapter by chapter. And you're going to see what that early church looked like and what God intended for that church to be. By God's grace, we want to be that kind of a place. And so we said we have to build a place where the church gathers, certainly, but it has to be a place where our community goes for help and for hope, where they encounter Jesus at the crossroads of life. And so about three years ago, we began that journey together. And I want to take you just uh, on a little bit of a, a history of how we got to where we are today. And for some of you, this will be new information. This is a great update for you because it's new information and you've kind of wondered some of these things. For others of you, it'll be a reminder. And as we get to certain portions of this history, it'll be the time to stand up and really shout. In fact, we really should have kazoos and birthday hats and all those kind of things. We don't have those this morning. But in the summer of 2013, we signed a contract to purchase approximately 60 acres of land at the corner of Morrisville Parkway and White Oak Church Road. And our vision was to take 20 acres of that property and use it for our Northwest Community Church campus and develop the other acreage into residential lots that we would sell to a builder developer. This would, our vision was, allow us to have little to no cost in the land itself. Now, I know when we said that to some of you that are sitting here now, you thought, well, that sounds kind of impossible. Like, why would somebody sell something for this price that if you did a little bit of work, you could sell it for this price? Well, it happens every day. And we just believe that maybe God would want to do that. It sounded impossible, and we knew that God would have to show up if that was going to happen. It would be something that only he could do. And even before we officially closed on that piece of property, we had a, uh, an offer 
actually an agreement from a developer to buy those 43 lots. That sale was contingent upon city water and sewer services uh, being available. And so in the spring of 2014, February and March of 2014, we shared with you uh, the vision. We shared with you uh, design concepts and asked you to dream a little bit about what that campus uh, might look like. We asked you to believe that God could do something through us that was bigger than we could ever accomplish on our own. And together, we just asked you to, to see if together God would do something like that amongst us. And those of you that were here, remember, we worked with a stewardship consultant, and we were told that the very best that we could expect to do in a three-year pledge was that our people could give a million dollars, and that if we accomplished that goal, we should be very grateful, we should be very thankful for those efforts. The problem is that as you sit down and you start looking at spreadsheets, you recognize that uh, that doesn't do it. And so we told the consultant that we were capable of doing much more that he didn't understand Northwest Community Church, to which he said to me, every pastor I work with says that. Every pastor thinks they're the exception, their church is the exception, they're different. And I said, I know that every other pastor thinks that, but it's really true here. We are really different. And so we asked God, we came to you, we estimated what the cost would be based on design concepts, which were obviously very broad numbers, and we just said, let's give what we can, what we can give. And on March 23rd, 2014, our church family here at Northwest pledged $2.6 million over the next three years. And that was awesome. That's like when the kazoos are supposed to be out, all right? You're supposed to, ooh, that was, really, that was a good day, all right? I will never forget uh, going home that day just feeling like, all right, we've kind of left it all on the field. We've put it out there. But what if we get like $200,000? What's that going to be like? And I'm anxiously sitting on the sofa waiting for this phone call because there were men and women that were tallying pledges. And all of a sudden, uh, I looked at my phone and it said, David Amon wants to FaceTime with you. And I think to myself, self, if it was bad news, he wouldn't want to see my face, probably. I mean, he'd just make a phone call. So it must be okay. And I thought, man, we've hit the million-dollar mark. We, we are, at, maybe we hit 1.2, we're above average and I'll never forget David uh, taking his phone and going over to a whiteboard uh, where it said $2.6 million. And I was blown away with that. Our consultant told us that uh, as a body, we blew away the metrics of what they normally see in church capital campaigns. That there wasn't anything about us that was normal. The number of, of people that participated, which is what we were most excited about, even the largest gift was not as large as they see sometimes when you raise uh, those uh, sums of money. But God showed up that day, and uh, through his people, we saw him do something really big. Uh, next, after the consultant celebrated with us for about 90 seconds, he said, now, keep in mind that if you really, really, really do well, about 20% of it won't come in. So in other words, back it down to a little under $2 million dollars, and if you hit that mark, then that will be awesome. That will be incredible. And I want to tell you that as of today, with several weeks yet to go, we have received $2.03 million of that pledge is already in. That's already been given. And I think, I think that's something to celebrate. 
Those of you that are new here, I hope you appreciate the people that have gone before you that believed in nothing more than pictures, that just said, we, we believe that God would have us to have a campus like that. I hope you appreciate the sacrifice uh, that's been made over these uh, last three years. Uh, we're going to tell stories about that in the months to come, about what we as individuals saw God do as we believed and trusted him that he would allow us, he would bless us in order that we might be able to bless the ministry of Northwest Community Church. And there are several uh, large gifts that are still out. Uh, we have uh, every reason to believe that we're going to get pretty close to that $2.6 million. There have been people that have moved away, that have left Northwest. We assume they're not going to send their checks back. Some of you have, have asked um, uh, what to do if you've already completed your pledge. Well, first of all, again, let me say on behalf of our leadership team, thank you uh, for being faithful. Thank you for uh, believing that God could use you to be involved in that gift. As God continues to bless you, I would just say, in the meantime, we're going to talk about that in just a moment, but in the meantime, just keep giving. Others of you we recognize have said, you know, our circumstances have changed pretty dramatically. Uh, we might not be able to fulfill our entire pledge. That's okay. Uh, we're not coming to your house. We're not sending a posse to your house. That's not going to happen. I assure you of that. I would ask you to communicate with us if there's things that have changed in your circumstances where you're not going to be able to fulfill that pledge, or if God has just blessed you in an incredibly unique way and you say, I just have some more that I want to give, then make sure you contact us and let us know so we can adjust our plans and our expectations. But again, on behalf of our leadership team, let me say thank you. This has been uh, just so far, and we're only just so far into the journey, but this has been one of the most incredible moments of my life personally. And I don't mean just my ministry pastoral life. Uh, I mean my 51 years of life to see a consultant be so wrong about a group of people. And then to see God faithfully provide that over the last three years has been an incredible thing. And we want to thank you for believing in the vision of building a campus that can be a place of irresistible influence. And so in 2014, in that summer, with cash that we'd received uh, already from our irresistible influence uh, campaign, and with a bridge loan, we closed on the purchase of the property. And in 2015, we received site plan approval for our campus, as well as those 43 residential lots. And while we had town approvals, we still needed water and sewer for both the church campus and the residential development. And as a result of that delay, uh, we lost our contract that we had, and we told you this a couple of years ago, with the developer that we had under contract. And we've had continual interest over the last uh, couple years, but all of that interest has always been contingent upon city water and sewer. And so over the last couple years, we've simply been sitting back and waiting for the availability of water and sewer. And our updates have consistently been the exciting announcement of pray for sewer pump stations and pray for water lines. Those are the things that get you excited in the morning and you want to get down on your knees and just go, God, today I want to beseech your throne for sewer. That's what I want to do. And we recognize that. Those have been uh, the updates. And I know that's not really exciting stuff. And let me just say that I think we could have done a much better job, certainly over the last year, of communicating with you. 
Um, even though we didn't have a lot of new information, I think we could have done a better job. And I, I want you to know that I take personal responsibility for that. There's nobody else to blame. I think sometimes you're in the midst of something and, and you think that everybody knows and understands what you know and understand. And so you think there's no need to say it again. Uh, and that's been a miscalculation uh, on my part as a leader. And um, there hasn't been a lot of new information, but still, uh, we could have continually been in front of you telling you to pray for the completion of that sewer and that water so that we could find a buyer for those 43 residential lots. But since there has not been that information, we've been rather quiet about the progress. And many times over the last, certainly over the last year, literally the Sunday before, we felt like next Sunday we would have something to share. And then something would change and fall apart, and we didn't want to come out and say something unless we absolutely knew uh, that it was going to happen, and so we didn't. In the past month, I hope that you've noticed that we've tried to improve some of that communication, as you have seen in our e-news, and even this morning as you received the April uh, at Northwest, and we're committed to doing that and making sure that you stay up to speed uh, as we anticipate breaking ground on this uh, first phase of our project. So the obvious question now, having said all that, is do you have anything exciting to tell us today? And the answer to that is kind of. Let me just say that in the spring of 2014, we had every reason to believe that there was a great possibility that we would have phase one completed by this time. And while we are disappointed, I think you're going to see in the next few moments, we believe that God in his sovereignty uh, has caused this project to be right where it is, right now, right at this time, because of circumstances that we could not have anticipated. And I've been encouraged by talking with several pastors here in the Northwest uh, Cary area about really how much longer others have waited for similar events to happen, such as uh, water lines and sewer lines. Now, most of you know that we've developed a really great relationship with White Oak Missionary Baptist Church. And Pastor Tyner and his people, we had Christmas Eve with them. That's just been a relationship over the last year that we are very grateful for, we're very excited about. And you know that White Oak Missionary Baptist Church traces its roots back 150 years, where actually there were uh, slaves in this area, some of which had just been freed, that met under trees right there on White Oak Church Road. Their history is just incredible. Pastor Tyner's been there for 45 years, and I was in his office in December, and we were talking about details for our Christmas Eve service, and he asked me uh, how our building project was coming, when would we get started, and I told him that I was uh, really frustrated and a little bit discouraged that things were moving very slowly, and he looked at me, and you have to understand, Pastor Tyner doesn't call me Brian, he calls me Brian, that's what it is, I don't, I don't know how you spell that, but it's not Brian, it's Brian. I can always tell, you know, who's on the other end. All he has to say is, Brian. And he doesn't have to say, this is Pastor Tyner. I know that that's him. And he looked at me and he said, Brian, let me tell you something. He said, I've been here for 45 years. And we've been waiting about the last 20 years to have city water and sewer. Don't you talk to me about waiting. You haven't waited any time at all. And I remember walking away that day just kind of feeling like, yeah, that probably sounded pretty bad to him, right? I mean, with all the rich history of their church and all the time that they've waited, and I'm saying three years, like, man, things are just, this is so slow. About six weeks ago, I had lunch with the pastor of Green Level Baptist Church. 
In fact, we're going to partner with Green Level Baptist Church on our Easter egg uh, hunt at Thomas Brooks Park. And we're tremendously excited about that as well as our uh, Good Friday uh, service. Uh, He and I had uh, lunch together and he was sharing with me that back in 2006, they began to raise funds to expand their facilities. They needed sewer in order for that expansion to take place. And the first gift, he said, was given in 2006. And they believe that if everything comes together sometime this summer, they'll break ground on that expansion. They've waited for 11 years. I think we should be just incredibly grateful, I should anyway, for the warp speed at which things have happened at Northwest. And I am thankful for that, and I am grateful for that. And so here's what's happening now. This is going to get really exciting here now, right now, all right? If you get really excited about water lines and sewer lines and pictures of water lines and sewer lines, this is, this is your moment. This is why you came to church today, right? Uh, just a few weeks ago, the water line was completed, which will service our church campus and our, 40, and our 43 lots. Several years ago, we initiated that design. We paid for that design as part of uh, the engineering cost to be site plan approved. And we had some uh, developers that came to us uh, several months ago and said, if you will let us use those drawings, we will put in the water line and we will make sure it's tapped up to each one of your sites. That saved us from having to participate in about four dollars to $500,000 worth of work. And that work is all done and it's completed today. And that's a pretty exciting thing, right? In the past month, construction has begun on the sewer pump station that will service our church campus in the 43 lots. Uh, This pump station uh, allows us not to have to build two temporary pump stations, which would have serviced the 43 lots in our church campus. Uh, That would have been a cost of approximately $1 million, and that money would have just simply been wasted because at some points those pump stations would have gone away and all the sewer would have gone to that large pump station And that pump station is under construction uh, right now, and uh, that'll be completed. In fact, the developer uh, just to our south tells me that they hope to be able to flush toilets uh, in their neighborhood in June. And that's really exciting. And of that $1 million for that pump station, approximate cost, Northwest Community Church is responsible for zero uh, of it. And that's a pretty exciting thing as well. So we got a water line and a sewer line. Those of you that have prayed, uh, God may not have given it to us on uh, our timetable, but they are in place. All the interest that we've had from developers for our 43 lots over the last few years has been through our contacts or through word of mouth. And while we have had many offers over the last uh, three years, the reality is that we would not have been able to complete Uh, any of those sales without city water and sewer being available. They would have all been contingent upon that infrastructure being in place. And no one that was involved uh, in this project anticipated that it would take three years for this to happen. I think maybe we should have uh, because we know that the wheels of government who is involved in sewer and water and all of those things that have to take place, they move very slowly. But I believe that in God's sovereignty, It has taken that amount of time, and I think that the savings to Northwest has been certainly worth it. If you think about it from this standpoint, it would have taken any cash that we would have had in place 
just to put those temporary pump stations and the water line in, and we would have been left with no cash whatsoever. And yet instead, we find ourselves in March of 2017 with a real estate market, certainly land in Northwest Cary is more valuable, hear this, it's more valuable today than it has ever been, than it's ever been. Uh, certainly than uh, 2013 or 14 or 15 or 16. Our property is worth more today than it's ever been worth. In early March, we signed an agreement with a local well-respected uh, commercial real estate uh, broker. And as of this past Thursday, the lead broker contacted me and told me that 10 different developers have already expressed some level of interest, interest in purchasing the 43 lots. Uh, several have already said that they intend to uh, make offers and those offers are due to be received by our broker on April 19th. And we are confident as a leadership team, as an elder team, we're confident that, that now is the time, uh, that all that infrastructure is in place, the land has never been worth more than it is today, which if the economy keeps ticking along, it will be worth more a year from now or two years from now or three years from now, but we're not real estate developers. We believe that this process that we're going through with this commercial uh, real estate broker, that we're going to receive the fair market price of the land. Now, obviously, the, the million-dollar question, or two or three or four or five million-dollar question, is how much is it worth? We think we know, but uh, the market is going uh, to dictate that. And I really believe, based on the numbers that we have, that we're still going to be able to come back to you uh, several weeks from now and tell you that we have little to no cost actually, in our 20-acre church campus. And that is an incredible thing. And I think that's something that we ought to celebrate together and not forget that we asked God to do that. Go ahead, you can clap, it's good. We asked God to do that. And I believe he's going to do it. In the very conservative uh, numbers, uh, we will have little cost. And if we get to where we think we can be, other than engineering cost and carrying cost, uh, we will have uh, little to no cost in our 20 acres. 20 acres that uh, once the water and sewer are there and everything's in place, uh, probably has a market value of somewhere between two and a half and three million dollars. Just the church campus dirt. And we will hold the deed to it. And based on what you've given in our Irresistible Influence campaign, we will still have hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank to start phase one. And that, my friends, is something that is incredibly huge and is something that we can celebrate today and I think we're going to celebrate in an even greater way here in just a few weeks. And so we know that God does what he does for his glory and for our good. And so here's what we want you to do over the next 24 days. I want you to pray like crazy. I want you to pray like you've never prayed before. And here's what I want you to pray. I want you to pray that God will do something that only he can do so that he alone, again, receives the glory. I don't want God to do something that any of us can sit back and go, well, yeah, that person over there and this people, this group of men or women, they negotiated that deal and look what they did. We want it to be nobody's that smart. Nobody's that good. God obviously is going to do something here. And we want you to pray that God would show his favor once again to Northwest Community Church and to what we believe this campus can and should be in our community. I want you to pray with us every single day, and we're going to do our best every single day over the next 24 days to keep this in front of you and to, to ask you to just to, to beg God to show favor. 
You say, what does favor look like? Well, I have a definition of what his favor would look like in my mind. Now, I recognize it in God's sovereignty. Maybe his definition uh, of that will be just a little bit different. But I want to be convinced that God has done what he said he will do, and we want to pray to that end. And so I promise that over the next months, we're going to update you along the way. Uh, you have that commitment from me. Uh, you're probably going to get more information than you wanted, and you're going to say, okay, stop. We wanted some, but not that much. But we're going to give it to you. And Lord willing, by May, we're going to sign a contract for the sale of those 43 lots, assuming uh, that we get a contract that the numbers are within our margins, we're going to release our architects to do the final uh, construction drawings for phase one. We're going to ask our general contractor to solicit final quotes for the actual firm cost of phase one. And by midsummer, we hope to have firm prices on the cost of phase one, uh, meaning the road widening uh, that needs to be done, all the site development and the actual building of phase one. And by late summer, we want to close on the 43 lots and have that cash in our account. And assuming that the financing is approved, uh, we want to begin site work uh, by the end of the summer. And I know that's somewhat aggressive, and you're going, are you playing with us? Like, are you teasing? I'm not. I, we really believe that this can happen. In October, we're going to come back to you, and I want you to mark those dates on your calendar, Okay. I know some of you plan vacations and you plan getaways and sometimes they're last minute. I want you to mark uh, those first two Sundays in October. Now we're going to start out in September with a series, uh, as we always do here at Northwest, that will be geared towards people uh, that don't know Jesus, that are part of that 200 million that are unchurched. We're going to do that in the month of September. Then the first two weeks in October, we're going to come back to you. We're going to give you an extensive update at that point with uh, rock-solid numbers on our campus. And uh, we're going to ask you uh, once again to get involved with us to see phase one completed, hopefully, uh, by the summer or early fall of 2018. I want you to know that there are still a lot of variables, a lot of things that we uh, don't know. And we're going to update you after April 19th. That's why I say pray like crazy for the next 24 days that God will do something that will make this plan come together. Here's what I do know. While there are a lot of variables and a lot of things that our leadership team doesn't know, here's what I do know, and there's no doubt, that when we live lives that are marked by, by mercy and by uh, love and by giving and by sacrifice and by grace, I, I know when we do that, we influence people because we stand in stark contrast to the culture that is around us. And our influence becomes irresistible because it's distinctive. It's different. C.T. Studd said this. I love this quote. He said, some want to live within the sound of church or chapel bells. He said, I want to run a rescue shop within a yard of hell. And that's what we want our church campus to be. I want it to be a rescue shop. I want it to be a place, as we've said so often, where people come for help and for hope at some of the most significant times in their life. D.L. Moody once said this, he said, The world has yet to see what one man or woman can do who is fully consecrated to God. And D.L. Moody said, With God's help, I intend to be that man. I've always loved that quote. But I want to take it a step further and say this, that I 
really believe, based on the depravity of humanity, that the world has yet to see what God can do with one local church which is fully committed to influencing their community with the life-changing message of the gospel. And I want you to believe that with God's help and with us being obedient to biblical truth and principle, that we can be that church. You know, despite the shortcomings of the church, and there are many, big C church, right? Uh, Church has let us down because it's made up of sinful people like us. We get each other irritated and we offend each other and hurt each other and disappoint each other. And sometimes the church doesn't do what it's supposed to do. But you know what? At the end of the day, it is the greatest force on earth for good. It is. There's nothing else like it or that can match its impact when it's healthy and focused on the mission of the gospel. And that's what I want Northwest Community Church to be. That's what our leadership team wants it to be. And I hope that from the youngest to the oldest that makes up our church fellowship here at Northwest, that that's the desire of your hearts as well. And so I want to close this morning. I'm going to ask Jerry to come up and just pray for us as we begin this 24 days of really going before God's throne and and really asking him to do something that's really great. And I want to close by just reading to you this prayer that I have done often over our history here at Northwest. In Jude 24, right at the end, verses 24 and 25 say this, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, and now and forever. That is what we believe, and that is why we do uh, what we do. Would you stand with us, and let's, uh, let's pray together. Won't you bow with me? Lord, we uh, thank you so much, God, for who you are and for what you've done. And Lord, we think about your faithfulness over the thousands and thousands of years. You created humanity. You designed us. You created us for a relationship with you, and God, you have been faithful. And you have seen your people through so many different things, God. You've asked them to trust. You've asked them to follow you. And uh, Lord, we even think about the story of Nehemiah. We think about those that worked hard to rebuild the city that they loved so that it could be a bastion of protection and a place of healing. And Lord, we think about how you commanded them and your great servant Nehemiah commanded them to stand and to listen to scripture for hours upon hours and to be silent for hours upon hours and to pray and plead with you for hours and hours so that their hearts would be right. And Father, we just thank you so much for what you've done through this local body. We think about the individuals and the stories and the families that have been impacted by your word, by the connection with others, by the community of people that stand with each other and strive forward together even through difficulty. Father, on the brink of this continuing journey, no matter what happens, Lord, we just want our hearts to be right before you. And Lord, I just pray that you would 
continue to spring within us a pure and holy passion for our neighborhoods. Lord, as we're inconvenienced by single lane roads and construction and dirt and rocks falling from trucks as all around us more and more and more homes are being built. And Lord, let us look at those as the mission field and the opportunity of people that are coming within a few miles of this place where perhaps they don't know you. and They're chasing after some dream or escaping some nightmare, whatever the reason is that they're moving to carry in Apex and Morrisville and Raleigh and all the other areas around us, Lord. Let this be a place that we would invite them to. And bigger than that, that we would be the ones to bring this goodness of your gospel to them. So, Lord, we just pray for these next 24 days. God, may you bring this thought to our mind every single day that we would beg and plead with you to provide. God, we trust you. We love you. We thank you for your goodness to us this far. God, we can't wait to see what the next chapter holds. So we love you, Lord. We just want to sing about your greatness. It's in your son's name we pray these things.